Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. I mentioned in a recent podcast that, of course, I've been watching the new History Channel revamp of the In Search Of series, and as I also said, I am supposed to be on one or two of those upcoming episodes myself. And uh, interestingly enough, the latest one was about mind control. And it was quite fascinating. Uh, The host, Zachary Quinto, was going around and exploring different angles on this. He even talked to a guy who had won a court case. I think it was the first guy who'd ever won a court case claiming claiming that uh, some kind of an implant had been inserted into his his neck or head or ear area one night by an industrial rival who was trying to manipulate his behavior. But anyway, in that episode, they were talking about this news story that you may recall. Um, I guess it may have popped up sometime last year about the possibility of U.S. diplomats being targeted by some kind of directed energy weaponry, something like ultrasonic waves or microwaves that scramble their brains and make them very uncomfortable and disoriented and sort of off target and uh, drives them away. And then I get up today, and here is this front page story from CNN. Headline, Microwaves Suspected in Sonic Attacks on U.S. Diplomats in Cuba and China, Scientists Say. Microwaves Suspected in Sonic Attacks. Okay, so let's see what the article's telling us here. I'm just going to read some of this. They've been described as sonic attacks, bizarre, unexplained head injuries that spurred the United States to bring home diplomatic staff from China and Cuba. Now scientists are saying the ailments could have been caused by microwave weapons. Though a March report based on the examinations of 21 diplomats who served in Cuba did not link the attacks to microwaves, the study's lead author, Douglas Smith, director of the University of Pennsylvania's Center for Brain Injury and Repair, told the New York Times that the diplomats likely suffered brain injuries and that microwaves are considered the culprit. Quote, everybody was relatively skeptical at first, he told the newspaper, and everyone now agrees there's something there, end quote. In a Sunday interview with CNN, Smith said microwaves are a main suspect in causing the diplomats' injuries, but that ultrasound and infrasound were being studied as potential causes as well. He says, quote, it's almost like a concussion, but without a concussion, meaning that they look like individuals who have persistent concussion symptoms, but they have no history of head impact. And so uh, he says, just like we have ways to prevent people from having a concussion, you could think of maybe protecting your brain from these energy sources, he said. End quote. So most of the attacks came in 2016 and 2017, though there have been a handful of reported incidents this year as well. 
Uh, a senior administration official told CNN that investigators have torn apart buildings where diplomatic employees encountered the sounds but found no acoustic devices, leading law enforcement to believe the injuries were the result of microwaves beamed from a nearby location and that the, quote, sounds were merely a means of masking the microwave attacks. They say this is only a theory. They go on to talk about more scientists who say that uh, this all seems to point toward microwaves. And uh, to get more detailed, um, one expert said everything fits, quote, the specifics of the varied sounds that the diplomats reported hearing include chirping, ringing, and buzzing, and they all cohere in detail with known properties of so-called microwave hearing, also known as the Frey effect, F-R-E-Y. They say the Frey effect, named for a scientist named Alan Frey, um, indicates that microwaves can dupe the brain into hearing what it perceives to be normal sounds. So basically you get a microwave shot into your brain and you start hearing sounds. That's easy to understand. And they say this may account for the loud ringing, buzzing, and grinding noises experienced by the injured diplomats. They go on to say, uh, well, of course, you know, microwaves are, are fairly common, right? We all have a microwave oven, I'm imagining. Radios, satellite television, radars, GPS, Bluetooth, cell phones, all these things may have a little microwave, but it's just a harmless little amount. But for decades, they say the U.S. and Russia have been studying ways to weaponize this. And it's interesting because they say the weapon itself would be portable. This is according to the New York Times. Capable of being held in one's hand or mounted on a vehicle. And while most would work over the span of only a few blocks, some high-powered versions could fire microwave beams up to several miles. So, you can go read this article for yourself, but, I mean, um, it's pretty clear what they're saying here. And to me, it's, it's not actually that surprising. You know, I, as a guy who worked in normal old-fashioned terrestrial broadcasting where you have a big-ass tower outside and you're beaming your favorite AM or FM station, um, I know that if you go up to one of those towers and you touch it, it's going to burn the shit out of you. Um... In fact, there's a pretty interesting uh, YouTube video that I believe is uh, is real. Maybe I'll post this on my Twitter and stuff. Um, I, it's, it looks authentic to me where there are some guys in another country, somewhere in probably like Eastern Europe, who have access to one of these big radio towers. And I'm talking again, like the, just a, a typical news radio, music radio, AM, FM, FM type type tower. They, they go up there and they're messing around with it. And they're taking weeds and uh, sticking the weeds up onto the tower. And not only do the weeds start to sizzle and burn, but as it's happening, uh, 
you can hear the radio through the weed. It's pretty cool. And, and that makes sense because that's all that's really happening here is you're taking a vibration that is designed in a very particular way and you are emitting it with an enormous amount of intensity, which is wattage. And anything that can take that vibration and turn it into, or as they say, transduce it into something that would move air would create a sound. So I can see why you would be able to hear um, the radio coming through a blade of grass or a weed or whatever for a few seconds while it's being (laughs) destroyed by its proximity to the radio tower. This is not something you should try at home, by the way, kids. Uh, But it's very similar to how crystal radio technology works. That, you know, we have these signals all around us that are vibrating representing audio and all you need is something that will reverse that process and take it you know from the the signal back to something that will resonate with air and i can see why plant cells would do that so anyway um the point is you may or may not realize that uh, something even as common and familiar to you as your local radio station is producing a field of energy that's so intense that if you got right next to it and touched it, it would burn you severely. You would have a combination of of, uh, electroshock. Uh, Basically, you'd be electrocuted and burned. It might not kill you, but it would definitely be very, very painful. And so um, uh, that's just one aspect for you to sort of consider about how these waves may be invisible most of the time and under certain circumstances but when they actually resonate with that sort of a, a point of contact with physical matter and you get it just right then no they become very physically interactive and i have no problem whatsoever seeing how that that these could interact with the human brain um it, it, it would certainly be uh, you know a sophisticated project but not in terms of what military does. I mean, it'd be it'd be actually very simple in terms of what military does. I mean, I I could produce uh, something like this on a you know if you, you give me a million bucks, I could make you a pretty cool directed energy weapon, and and they have a lot more than that. So uh, and yeah, if you, if you look up electrical excuse me directed energy weapons just here on Wikipedia says a directed energy weapon, D-E-W, call it a DO, is a ranged weapon system that inflicts damage at a target by emission of highly focused energy. And this would include laser, microwave, particle beams. Uh, Potential applications include anti-personnel weapon uh, systems, missile defense system, uh, etc. And of course, you know, there, there's a ton of them that are out there. In fact, uh, they break them down. And some of them I've seen demonstrated also on TV. Pretty cool. And um, basically what I have seen on TV is uh, times where they'll take a reporter and they'll just give them just a little blast to some of this microwave stuff. And, it, and then they go, ah, because it literally takes the moisture in the surface of your skin and uh, and heats it up and so it burns you 
you know, right there on the surface of your skin. But anyway, it's one thing to consider the effects that being, you know, the target of an energy weapon would have on you and how that it could physically damage you, especially your more sensitive uh, organs, uh, parts of the body like the brain, the eyes. I mean, it's very easy to see how those could be damaged significantly, perhaps even permanently, if something is intentionally directed toward you as a weapon. But this also reminds me very much of people out there that I've come into contact with who may simply be in a position where they happen to be in the line of sight for some kind of broadcast byproduct and they're just picking up a little glance of that here and there and it's causing what others would consider hallucinatory reactions so it may not go as far as something that's physically destructive but something that does disrupt the way that the neurons in your brain are transmitting signals and so this reminded me to go back and look up my report on a man I studied in Puerto Rico named Michael Rivera. I'm looking at the report right now, by the way. And I did my investigation with Michael Rivera in February of 2013. Michael Rivera lives in Cabo Rojo, Puerto Rico. And he contacted me because he said he believed that he was being possessed and or tormented by the devil. Okay, that's how he envisioned this. And basically he said that there was this disembodied voice. He lived by himself in a small home. He said there's this disembodied voice that's following me around and speaking to me. And, and again, this thing is tormenting me. Now, before I went to his house, because I was actually in North Carolina when he first contacted me, and there was snow on the ground, and I was looking for a good reason to go, to, go back to Puerto Rico, to be honest with you. Um, so I talked to him on the telephone, because I wanted to see, and not that I'm a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I wanted to see if what he told me sounded like it could be explained by some kind of schizophrenia or some kind of psychosis. I mean, I like I say, I'm not a physician, but I just wanted to see what he said. And I talked to him, and he came across as so sort of rational and reasonable and logical that uh, it made me think, well, maybe there is something in his house that's causing this effect. I said, why do you think that the devil is attracted to you? And uh, he said that he's now very active in his church and he does everything he could everything he can um to be a good christian but he said that in his earlier years that he'd gotten into uh death metal and uh, a lot of like i'm trying to look through the report and see exactly how he worded it i think yeah he he was just like you know satanic death metal stuff and that worried him that he had opened himself up to the devil by by doing this so anyway i was saying well, what what is what are these voices saying to you you know and he said it's it's usually only like one 
little word or two at a time. And he says sometimes it's as simple as just saying no, no, or yes, yes. But usually it's directing him in a confusing or bad direction. So, you know, it kind of reminds you of maybe of having the little devil on each shoulder and one saying, do it, do it, and the other saying, no. I don't know. But the thing that I found most interesting is he said that it, it sounds electronic, that it doesn't sound organic, that it sounds... Um, it sounds like something that has a digitized effect. That's how he described it. So anyway, he sounded serious enough that I decided I'm going to go to his house and I'm going to spend the night with this guy for a few nights. And that is not something that I often do, and it's probably not a good idea because if this guy had been disturbed, it was just the two of us there, and he could have come in there and cut my throat in the middle of the night, and he's a big dude, big bodybuilder guy as a matter of fact. So, uh, but I did it. I went down there. I spent a few nights with him, and I took this very seriously. And um, here's what I can tell you. Okay, well, right off the bat, I wasn't hearing anything unusual in his house. And I was going around the house and going around the property, and I was measuring everything with all the equipment that I had, and I had all my goodies. And I was telling him, like, I'm not really being able to pick up anything even though he's telling me he can still hear this stuff sometimes when he's in my presence and so I was just being totally honest with him saying well I you know I'm not getting it so then one night we were sitting around in his house and something weird did happen I'm reading this from the report during one session in which Rivera called out for the presumed entity to speak, Warren and Rivera both heard a whistling sound in the room. That whistling was also captured on every audio recorder except the one in the vacuum. So I had one audio recorder in a vacuum, and it didn't pick that up. So what that means is whatever this whistling sound was must have been in the air. Otherwise, I would have gotten it on the recorder in the vacuum. That's what we would presume, and that's getting a little in-depth for this particular podcast. But that's one thing I recommend to those of you who are into EVP. If you want to do some serious work, get two identical recorders, put one in a vacuum chamber, have the other one outside the vacuum chamber, and see what result you get. Because if you get only a recording on one or the other, it's going to tell you something about whether or not this is audio that's resonating air or not resonating air. So bear that in mind. Um, so that was weird. Couldn't explain where that whistling sound came from. Here's another one. It says, during another session, Rivera suggested a fan be turned on to provide some white noise in the room. Producing white noise is a common practice in the paranormal investigation field of capturing EVP. Hypothetically, the idea is that an entity which does not possess a physical voice box cannot make a sound out of nothing. Therefore, it may be able to use its mysterious energy to nudge the tones produced by white noise into a distinct, intelligible sound. So once the fan was turned on producing white noise, Rivera asks some questions to no avail. Warren then decided to ask aloud, do you like the fact I'm here trying to document you? 
At that point, Warren observed that the sound coming from the fan shifted dramatically and the word no seemed to clearly come from the fan. Sounding similar to a person speaking from behind a traditional fan. This was especially noteworthy to Warren and Rivera was excited that Warren had heard this phenomenon. Now, you might ask yourself, wait a second, what, what, where's, where does this report come from? You know, you're talking about Warren as a third person. Well, here's why. I always write a report about significant cases, just so I can go back later if for no other reason and, you know, just remember what happened. In this particular case, in this particular case, um, because he thought that the devil might have something to do with this, he and I went to the cathedral in Cabarojo and we got an appointment with the priest in charge of the cathedral. Now, this is an old, beautiful cathedral. I can't even remember what year it's from. I've seen so many wonderful old uh, cathedrals at this point but we actually sat down this is the only time I've done this um, with an actual victim of some kind of phenomena we we sat down in the office with the priest and he may have been more than a priest I don't know he might have been a monsignor or whatever but we sat down with him face to face and he only spoke Spanish Michael uh, Rivera speaks uh, Spanish and English fluently and I am mainly an English speaker my Spanish is really really rocky and limited and so it was pretty wild to sit there in front of a, a priest in a cathedral and have a serious conversation in his office with this guy who is saying I think that the devil is in my house and may be trying to possess me etc etc I mean like who gets to have that experience so um, basically and and you could tell the priest was taking all this very seriously but he wasn't jumping to any you know, like huge dramatic conclusions and so I told the priest at the end of all this when I have my data in I will write up a report and uh, just to make sure for no other reason that I can send it to you and you can distribute it uh, throughout you know whatever your constituency is or whatever so that you will have a record of this that you can study as well and so that's why this particular report was written in such uh, or from such a third person point of view so getting back and, and and by the way i have sat in front of a of a monsignor before and gone through a process of preparation before an exorcism but that's another story for another day so getting back to the report as i was rereading this i remembered something that i'd forgotten and while i was spending days staying at uh michael rivera's house i did uh a test with him to see if he had psychic ability and I, I so I did all kinds of stuff I had a psychotronic will to test for telekinesis and all that. but I brought out the ESP cards some people call them Zener cards we've all seen them some have wavy lines or a circle or a square or a triangle or a star and I, I wanted to see is this guy particularly uh, psychically sensitive and I did three different tests with him now each card pack has 24 cards and 
so I did some rounds to test clairvoyance, there's, which, which is basically to guess a symbol unknown to both himself and to me. Uh, I did test to, to see if he, he was telepathic, in which you know one of us could look at a card and the other one could get it, like we're transmitting. I mean, I did a number of tests, and I'm not a statistician, but you should, you know, it's pretty easy to figure out what the odds of chance are. And I was surprised that when I did the round one of this, uh, he 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 only got two cards correct. He should have had many more than that. And round two, he got zero correct. And round three, he only got one card correct. This is very <laughs> statistically significant, but the opposite of the intention. Okay, I was I was wanting to see. Well, is this guy going to get more correct than normal? He actually got way 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 less correct than normal so this is ironic because you know statistically speaking he was getting far less than chance would dictate instead of far more I to this day I'm not sure what that means it could mean that um, it has something to do with him being actually blocked from outside external forces because whatever is happening within his brain is overpowering it I'm not sure I'm not sure but anyway after all this was done and and honestly I don't think I've ever uh, actually published this particular report because it does have a lot of private information I guess I could go and remove some of that and publish it and it'd be fine but I have talked about it on um, on numerous radio shows including Coast to Coast AM Afterward, though, you know, I started learning a lot more about the area that he was in and its relationship to the Arecibo Observatory. And the Arecibo Observatory, uh, several years ago, became an official part of the HARP project. And you've heard me talk about that before. The HARP project is about what they call ionospheric heating, which is projecting these very very powerful beams of electromagnetism onto certain parts of the atmosphere in order to create a variety of effects which could be weather manipulation it could be creating some devastating lightning bolt that comes down from nowhere or as many people have noted some kind of mental manipulation or mood alteration so you can change the mood of an army perhaps so you you have a bunch of people who are aggressive who are coming at you who want to kill you and you shoot this beam and suddenly they start feeling very sleepy and lazy and docile and confused and whatever kind of reminds me of how like back in the in the days of world war ii they would fly over some of these war zones and drop cigarettes behind the enemy lines and of course, what soldier didn't want to have a free cigarette, so he'd grab a pack of cigarettes and start smoking it, but the cigarette was laced with a drug, and that drug would make him lethargic. Wouldn't kill him, because then it'd be really obvious, and if it was that obvious, well then they'd just stop smoking, because they'd say, oh, you never know if that cigarette's going to kill you, you know, in a very quick fashion. No, it'd just make you lethargic and confused. And so... I know 
they are experimenting with this kind of thing in Puerto Rico. I've been to the Arecibo Observatory numerous times. I've talked to them about their affiliation with HARP, and I know that they have other stations that are outposts doing ionospheric heating around the island, and one of them appears to be not very far from Michael Rivera's neck of the woods. And so it could be that some people, like Michael Rivera, are really being affected by this and and hearing these strange things. And if they don't know what's happening, they don't know where it's coming from, well, yeah, yeah, it's easy to see why you'd think there's a demon, there's the devil here. And it also makes me wonder about uh, how many people are experiencing this kind of thing who don't talk about it because they don't want to be thought of as, as crazy. So it may be that in, in many of these locations where people are experiencing some voices, some kind of um, very distinctive, you know, very distinctive, especially electronic sounding things, that uh, it is the product of some of this kind of directed energy weaponry being experimented with. And of course, Puerto Rico in particular is grounds where they experiment with a lot of things they can't experiment with in the U.S. because in Puerto Rico, eh, it's just a territory, not as much accountability for what you do. So these are just some things to think about, and they're very complicated because we're talking about something that's real, something that can be used for many, many purposes, but it's usually invisible until it comes to that perfect little interface and where, where, where the invisible and the non-physical becomes physical. It's just like the reason that when you put your cheeseburger in the microwave, it heats up because it's just the right kind of wave to interact at just the right kind of point to heat that cheeseburger up without burning it up. You know, one extreme is well, it does nothing. The other extreme is it burns it. But no, it's just just that right little frequency, wavelength, amplitude, wattage, all those variables, so that it gets that burger just where you want it, or that piece of pizza, or whatever it is you're putting in the microwave. And so, there's no reason this cannot be directed now, and directed toward the human brain. It's uh, it's hard as a civilian to know how far this has gone but really interesting to see it now in the mainstream media so that's what i've been thinking about today not surprisingly and uh, i want to tell you a couple of things before i wrap up this podcast for one thing you know i'm doing an event in los angeles it's going to be a big one and it's only about six weeks away on october the 13th it's a wishing machine workshop but it is unlike any wishing machine workshop I have ever done. I'm going to be unveiling some new things there that I have never talked about before. I'm not ready to tell you what they are yet, but if that is of interest to you, I hope you will go to joshuapwarren.com, click the link at the top of the page there, yellow letters, and learn more about my event in Los Angeles. I still have some tickets left for my event at the Ruby Theater and it's going to be a good one. Secondly, for those of you who are subscribers to my free e-newsletter, well, 
you can see why that's so valuable because today I sent out a uh, a coupon a uh, coupon code a discount code uh, for wishing machines and so if you you know if you, you subscribe to my, to my free e-newsletter you got that if you don't subscribe and you're like oh crap I missed it uh, I'll give you a second chance if you just email me through my website and uh, I'll let you know what the discount is. It's a special sale that we're doing. You know, it's Labor Day here in the United States. So I hope all of you in the U.S. are taking advantage of that and having a great time. And it's a really cool time in the, in the, the States because people give sales frequently on things. And uh, we have some uh, machines left over from the George Nori event. We said, you know what? They're made. They're sitting there. They're ready to ship out immediately. Let's do a sale. So anyway, you got to learn about that if you subscribe to my free e-newsletter. If you are a subscriber and you didn't get it, check your spam. Check your junk boxes. You know how that goes. You never know where it ended up. But uh, if you do not subscribe, then email me and I'll send the information to you. But you should definitely be a subscriber. It takes two seconds. It's at joshuapwarren.com, joshuapwarren.com. And that's where you'll find a link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. That's because I try to leave one for you every day. It's always short. It's always free. You can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren. And I will tweet when a new one is available. So that's it for today. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.